morning, guys. How we doing? Yeah? Brave the rain and the surprise cold after the last few days of warmth. So glad you guys are here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tanner. Uh, I serve on the ministry team here. And if you've been here for a few weeks, typically on Sundays, I'm in the back with our fourth through sixth grade ministry. And so CJ is leading that up today because I'm in here with you guys. So that's great. And I'm very grateful for that. If you have been with us the past few weeks, we've been going through this series that we've called Meanwhile, which is we're studying the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. And contrary to popular belief, that Joseph is not Jesus' dad. So <clears throat> this Joseph came from the line of <clears throat> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's Jacob's son. And so I want to invite you guys, if you haven't been here, to go back and listen to those sermons to kind of see where we're going and kind of see the themes that we've been talking about and the patterns that we've been talking about. And they're on our podcast, just shameless plug. It's not us sitting around a table talking. It's literally just the audio from in here put on the website. So I invite you guys to listen to those. Today we're going to pick up <clears throat> in the story in Genesis chapter 40. Uh, and this is where, this is Joseph's second dream interpretation that we've seen. Okay, so we've seen it in chapter 37 already. And we're going to pick up in chapter 40 where Joseph is in prison and he interprets two dreams for two prisoners. So follow along with me in Genesis 40. We're going to read all of it and then we're going to jump right in. So beginning in verse 1. After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry <coughs> with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And put them in custody of the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. <clears throat> you have to forgive me, my throat is really dry this morning. Uh, the captain of the guards assigned to Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's home, why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossoms, came out, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup into his hand. This is its interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head, and in the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation, Joseph replied. 
The three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off of you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat your flesh from your body. Pretty different, right? On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all of his servants. He elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today studying your word, studying the story of Joseph, who I feel a lot of us have a lot to learn from him. So God, I pray that today as we study this and as we dive in and begin to wrap our minds around this concept, God, I pray that you will be with us and show us grace in your word. And Lord, just teach us something new about your character today. In Jesus' name, amen. Dreams are weird, right? It's like this whole reality that exists in your brain when you're asleep for six hours a night, if you're lucky, right? So a few weeks ago, I had, I'm going to start laughing before I tell you this story because it's really funny. I had a dream a few weeks ago that I was talking with CJ, and this, this actually happened earlier in the week. I was meeting with CJ to talk about some things and go through some stuff on Tuesday, and later that week, I had a dream that he told me in that conversation to bring the kids from back there into the service on Sunday morning. So I was like, sweet, awesome, easy enough. I can wrap the lesson up early, bring the kids back. He was like, I got something special that I want to do that I want the kids to see. And I was like, cool. Sure enough, Sunday rolls around. I'm back there teaching. And I'm like, all right, guys, CJ's got something special for us in there. We're going to pack up early. And we're going to walk in there. So we walk in. We're standing in the back, literally back there by the box. CJ's wrapping up his sermon he finishes, and I'm like, hang on a second. What is happening? And he walked back there, and I was like, I was like, did, did you tell me to bring the kids in here? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you told me to bring the kids in here on Sunday because there was something that was going to happen. And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I literally stood there for about 30 seconds with about five kids beside me just like, oh, my God, I dreamt that. <laughs> And me, being the person I was, wasn't going to tell the kids, like, yeah, that was a dream. Like, don't worry. And I was like, I don't know. I guess he forgot. <laughs> and then we just went about our day, and the kids went and sat with their parents, and I went home and just contemplated a lot of my life at that point. <laughs> but I had no idea what was going on. I've had some pretty crazy dreams, and that's one of the ones that is the most insane to me that happened, like, not long ago, like, this year, that happened a few weeks ago. These are the kind of dreams that we have today, but this is not the kind of dream that we're talking about that was happening here. The dreams that we're talking about, this is a prophetic dream that these two people had that God was trying to show to them. And the dreams in the Old Testament can do a couple things for us. It shows us God's authority, right? God has the ability to interpret the dreams like it says. Then Joseph has already interpreted the dreams in, in chapter 37, right? He interpreted those dreams to his brothers, now he's interpreting these dreams to these two prisoners. God gives people the ability to interpret dreams in the Old Testament to signify that he is with those people and that God has authority over everything. Verse 8, it says, We had dreams, uh, the prisoner said to Joseph, but there is no one here to interpret them. 
Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. This showed that even while he was in prison, God was still present in his life with him in the prison. And Joseph's ability to interpret dreams was a gift from God in two separate ways. The first one, like we just said, it showed God's ability to have authority over everything. And the second, his gift was a seed that was planted in Joseph for something greater. So the first time we see his dreams interpreted, he gets sold into slavery. The second time, what happens? And as this story plays out in this whole text, we see this interpretations come to pass. The cupbearer restored to his position. The baker demised. We see those two things happen. Now, when Joseph told the cupbearer to remember him when he is restored, he asked him the one thing. He asked one thing of him to remember him. Verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. It is in the nature of human beings to forget things. It is just, it, we don't remember every single thing that we do, and it's just in our nature. The older you get, the more you tend to forget things. My grandfather just turned 88 last few weeks ago, and he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's last year. So the older you get, the more you have a tendency to forget things. I lived with him when I first started grad school, and I remember him telling stories while he was younger. He would travel all around the country, and he would deliver bread and flowers. He was a delivery person, deliver all these things. I remember him telling me the story about how him and my grandmother met and how they fell in love and got married six weeks after they met, which to me is pretty crazy, but he remembered all of those little details. And then the older he got, the more his brain began to change. And he didn't even remember that I was his grandson some days. So it's in our nature to forget things. It's pretty common. However, it is really easy for people to remember big moments in your life. One of my best friends of about 10 years, we call it our milestones. We call it milestones in our life, like when you get your driver's license, when you uh, graduate high school, when you, your first day of college, you remember all these things. <laughs> my senior year of college, I remember this event like it was yesterday. My senior year of college, I was driving home from school, and I lived about a mile away from my house at this point, or from the school at this point, and I was driving home, going down the road, I pulled out my phone and was just doing this. I was less than a mile away. I was just checking some stuff, put my phone down, turn it in my driveway, get out of my car, there's a police officer behind me. And I'm like, getting pulled over is already kind of embarrassing because you see a lot of people pass you. Getting pulled over in your driveway is a different type of embarrassment that you can't even kind of like talk about. Because typically when you get pulled over, it's just like, oh, that guy got pulled over. In your driveway, you have no idea why there's a police officer in someone else's driveway. It's just a different kind of embarrassment. But I remember getting out of the car, looking back at the police officer standing out of the car, and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I live here. She said, I'm pulling you over. And I was like, do you want to get back in the car? And she was like, yeah, you need to get your stuff. So I got in the car and she came over and I was like, oh my gosh, my insurance is expired. My tag is expired. I was breaking every traffic law imaginable. I was thinking to myself, all these things. She got there and I was like, listen, let me be honest with you. I live here. I know I was texting. I know I was speeding. My seatbelt was not on. Uh, my insurance is expired. My tag is expired. I'm telling her, I'm just telling her all these things. 
And she was like, all right, license and registrations, please. So I handed it to her and she grabbed it. She walked back to her car, logged into Facebook, whatever they do on those computers. And then she came back to my car after that. She said, I'm gonna let you off in the morning because you were honest with me right up at the beginning. And she said, but I want you to know, you could have gone to jail and lost your license for all of this that you were doing. And I was like, thank you so much. I will never do it again. And I put that thing on my refrigerator like a trophy that I got out of this ticket and all these things. I remember that story in vivid detail, but I don't remember what I had for lunch Tuesday because that wasn't significant. The cupbearer got his position restored. The one thing that he cared about so much in his life, getting to serve the king of Egypt, being next to the king at all times, giving him the drink, and he doesn't remember the person that told him that he was gonna get restored. He forgot him. Now, we know who didn't forget him was the baker. When he saw this guy get restored, he was like, oh my gosh, his dreams came true. Mine is about to come true. That guy Joseph told me these things. And then he was hung, demised, right? He was killed. He was probably cursing Joseph right before that happened. But the guy who got restored did not remember him. It's really easy to forget things, but we don't forget the big things in our life. I forget things all the time, and I'm trying to get better at those things, but it's, it's really hard the older I get and the more things that come into my life, the more that affects that. The chief cupbearer forgetting Joseph isn't just him forgetting to go to a meeting or to call his mom back or to text him back. Him forgetting Joseph leaves him in a prison that he did not deserve to be in in the first place. Him forgetting Joseph left him in prison and Joseph told this man that he was going to get out and this guy forgot him. He forgot him. I don't know how this happened, but I've never forgotten that police officer that let me off with a warning. And that was almost four years ago. It's in our nature to forget things, but it's never been a part of God's nature to forget things. It's always been a part of his nature to remember. God does not forget his people. Up until this point, from Genesis 1 to Genesis 39, God remembered his people. In Genesis chapter 3, God remembered Adam and Eve. After they sinned, the first thing he did was what? He clothed them. He remembered his people. In Genesis 8, God remembered Noah on the ark when he called the water to retreat. He remembered his people. In Genesis 19, he remembered Abraham when Abraham's nephew was delivered from the city that was being destroyed. He remembered his people. Genesis 27 through 31, Abraham's offspring were living in these deceitful and tricking ways to trick their family into getting what they want yet God still remembered his people. Those people in Genesis 30, in 27 through 31 is Joseph's dad. God remembers his people. And count on God to remember you when you feel forgotten. And our faith can sometimes lead us to places where we feel forgotten by our friends, family, and sometimes even by God himself. I'm sure that Joseph felt a lot of these things. He went from going to work one day with his big coat. Next thing you know, he was in prison in Egypt. How in the world does this happen? 
He was forgotten by his friends, his family, and it feels like he was forgotten by God. And it's pretty easy to feel those things in our certain circumstances. It's pretty easy to feel those things when we're battling mental health by ourselves. It's pretty easy to feel those things when our parents are getting divorced after 25 years of a perfect marriage. It's really easy to feel those things when we lose a job that we've had for 30 plus years only to find out that we're gonna have to go bag groceries to provide for our family. It's pretty easy to feel those things. And it's pretty easy to feel that God's not with you in those things. Sometimes we feel forgotten to the point where it feels like we're carrying this backpack that has 200 pounds of bricks in them and walking through life feels like this. Baby steps to the point where you get down on your knees and you're crawling and you're wondering, when is this gonna end? When is this gonna happen? I'm pretty sure that Joseph thought, this is my ticket out of here. All this dude has to do is remember my name. And then he forgot him. I wonder what Joseph was thinking about God at that point. I know what I think about God in that point. A lot of my thoughts echo Psalm 77. I cry out all day and night, will you ever forgive me? Will you ever remember me? I'm sure he said something like that. Now here's something that I want us all to see. Faith is not what saves you. It is what you put your faith in that has the power to save you, to restore you, or to lead to your demise. The cup baker and the cupbearer and the baker both put their faith and their hope in the king of Egypt. Yet one of them was restored, one of them demised. It is only, guys, it is only when we put our faith in Christ that we are restored. When we put our faith in money, demise. When we put our faith in Christ, restored. When we put our faith in government officials, demise. When we put our faith in Christ, restored. When we put our faith in ourselves, demise. When we put our faith in Christ, we are restored. When we put our faith in money, sex, anything else that's not Christ, it leads to our downfall and our demise, and we will find ourselves under the ground crying out, why, God, did you let this happen? When he was saying right here the whole time, I'm right here. All you have to do is remember that I am here. Anything other than Christ is gonna lead to our demise and it's gonna lead to our downfall and it's gonna lead to pain and suffering with no point of return. When our hope is in man, we forget those things because those things will not remember you in the face of suffering and pain. But Christ will remember you in the face of suffering and pain. In Christianity, we worship a triune God. What that means is we worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. One God in three persons. And God stepping into humanity, stepping into humanity, becoming fully man and fully God, 100% man, 100% God, theology, this term is called the hypostatic union. God does not take off his divinity to put on human flesh. He puts on human flesh while keeping 100% God and 100% man. He doesn't lose any part of his nature when he became a human. And what is his nature? To remember. God does not forget his people, nor does he forget his children. He did not forget his son after his death on the cross. 
He did not lose his nature when he became a man. After Jesus' resurrection, what was the last thing that Matthew tells us that Jesus said to his disciples? Matthew 28, verse 20. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like God? I'm with you always to the end of the age. God will not forget you. He will always remember you. All he is asking is that you remember that he is with you, even when you feel forgotten, even when I feel forgotten. Let's pray.